I drink till the night comes another day and the day's just another little thing in our way. There's something about the way you beat me down that I'll never learn. You're the pint of no return. The pain in my chest, the stain on your dress, the glass in my eye. But this life is a joke and death is the punch. I'm Welcome. Welcome to the Mothers of Mayhem. This is an extreme an extreme horror podcast. And today is a very special day, is it not, Christina? Oh, oh fucking A it is. Oh yeah. This is our last interview of season one. Boom boom. This is it. Thank fucking Christ. Uh, I love you guys, but holy monkey farce, this was a lot harder than we thought. Oh my God. Like we've been having the time of our lives. There is not a single moment of this that hasn't brought us some kind of like blissful joy. And we have had things happen to us over the last few months because of this experience that literally had Christina and I on video chat together where I was like legit crying tears of joy. Should we tell them? Because it it should be coming out pretty soon. Oh, I guess it will be out when we come back for season two. You want to tell, you go ahead and tell them because this is. Oh, guys. Chandler Morrison asked Marion and I to blurb for his newest book, hashtag fag app. Ha, and we ha. did. <laughs> I have never rewritten something so many times in my life. But yes, Marion told me to check my email and I was at Walgreens and I was like, oh, I'll check my email. And then I pulled over and I screamed so loudly that I think I scared the homeless people around me. Yeah. I, 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 my children thought something was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, nothing's wrong. I was like, I just can't believe the that this person like, actually. Chandler Morrison. Like <laughs> this person <laughs> who writes all these books. And this is a similar experience I've had anytime any of you have asked us for a blurb. Oh, without a doubt. But, I'm a dork every time. But this one in particular, like hit different. Because I don't know, I guess maybe it's just because he has a uh, because of his reputation, because he's been viral. Like it just felt it felt different. I was like, people are actually going to like more people are going to pick up <laughs> this book and like read my words and decide whether or not they're going to read this book. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah, a few Woo! exciting things here and there, a few exciting mm-hmm. things here and there. And we've got to interview a ton of our, you know people that we not only consider oh to be friends, but people that we admire. I mean, come on, Sean Hawker. How can we not? Admire? Oh my God. Sean Hawker, Matt Clark, <laughs> all the way back to see at the, the second episode. Yeah. Still one of our highest listened to episodes and what a freaking blast that was. Mm. I, you know, we, Every single person we've had a chance to talk to has been super exciting for me. But when then I think back on the folks we had time to spend, we mm-hmm. had the opportunity to spend time with. 
like, I got, sometimes I can't believe it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then season two is going to be even crazier. Like, not so. Yes, okay. people, we have our list already. And even Christina and I are sitting back going, why did they agree to do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, We're not going to make any big announcements just yet, because honestly, we are not coming back until September. Um, and a lot can happen in three months. So we're yes. not going to drop any spoilers just yet. Just know like, that we're very excited me. about what's coming up. Also, we do want you to be aware that next season is going to be a little shorter. Uh, we did 25 episodes this season. Next year, we're, we're going to be hitting you with 15. We apologize, but 15 is probably about all we can handle considering that I am currently pregnant and will be what? having another baby in what? November. And that and also then- means we probably will be taking a bit of a hiatus so that I can recover from that. And then we'll be back in action. We're also going to be dropping to bi-weekly. Um, and we know that y'all love the weekly podcasts, but we're going to make you, we're going to make you wait for them a little bit just because we need a little bit of extra recuperation time. We do. We do. Yeah. We absolutely love this and we have had a blast, but we'll be honest. There have been times where we have been exhausted and no matter how much we want to do it. We, like we've been like, oh my God, I don't know if I have the mental capacity for this today. We make it happen anyways, but we don't want this to turn into something that like isn't fun when it's honestly been the most fun that we've had in a long time. Right, right. And it's always, it's always something different. Like we expect one thing and it's like, you know, the little rock episode. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, we got Morrison to talk to the Rock. I really did. I really did. Oh my God. But that was a really great interview. Oh, blown away. Blown oh, away. And Lord. Mommy's guess... a little bit on Xanax. So let's. Oh, that's fine. Gotta be, gotta be a little bit careful with the mommy. I wish I could. I wish this mommy could be on Xanax, but that ain't in her. I'll take one. For her, her care plan right now. <laughs> I'll take an extra for you. Lucas Milliron is our guest today. And he, he is, is already, he is already in our DMs chomping at the pick. He is just going to have to wait. He is a treasure. He is my own precious Florida man. Did you know? Did you know? Oh, God. Here we go. That Lucas was actually raised by a tribe of half gator, half skunk ink people. Uh, No, he wasn't. Go. Uh, Yes, he was. You don't know anything. (laughs) I don't. I don't know anything. I, where did you get this from? Snoops? Snoops? He told me. Snoops? Snoops. Snoops. He t- I have, I know things. I know things. And I know, I know skunk ape gator hybrids that happen to know Lucas Mill Iron. So Ooh. I know things. Did you also know? Did you also know that Lucas wrote, he actually, he wrote the story of the eye? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Okay. Okay, expand. It was written by George, and I'm going to mess up the name, so you need to, who, who, who would other people are you going to say, are you going to say George Bataille? That's who I was going to say, yes. Yeah, okay, so yeah. funny about that. 
Lucas Milliron is the reincarnation of Georges Bataille, abandoned in the Florida Everglades, found and raised by gator skunk ape hybrid people. Anybody ever tell you you're going to piss the bed for lying? Uh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know. My grandma always told me that. He also, she always told me I'd piss the bed for lying. He also wrote the song Eye of the Tiger. No, he didn't. For fuck's sake. I know things. I'm telling you. I know things. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> I, I wonder if he's old enough for those. That's what I'm curious about. Well, here's enough. the thing. Lucas Milliron is also... A master of astral projection. And uh, see, now that makes why don't you start with shit like that? If you would say it didn't really, like it didn't that. really feel consequential until you forced it out of me. Yeah, but I feel like knowing that tidbit of information, I'm more apt to believe you. I okay, noted. I'll remember that for season two. <laughs> <laughs> Take some notes like I do. Let me write that down Christina <laughs> right right <laughs> hey what have you been reading because honestly I have not been I have been really great at starting books mm. and not finishing them not DNFing like I right, intend right. to finish all of them but I currently have four of them in a stack next to my oh, bed yeah. laughing oh I, I don't even want to talk about the stack that I have but I have read three that I think deserve a little bit of a spotlight if I may um, this one is not only my number two for 2012 or 2012, Jesus Christ, 2022. We're going back already. To I know. Yeah. Already. <laughs> I know it's number two. Nothing will, nothing will knock this one out. So let's just, and it's also in my top 10 that I have ever read in my life. Speak its name, speak its name into the universe. And the Devil Cries say. by Christopher Triana. As it let it be Triana. Let it be Triana. Pass me. I read the synopsis of this book and I was like, eh, doesn't really seem like my alley. But everybody's like, oh, this is this got the worst character I've ever read. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see about that. Um, what I found the most interesting about this book is that he made me empathize at times with this horrible character who is just a fucking trash panda and I'm like okay well maybe well maybe he had a really bad life nope he had the greatest childhood okay well then maybe he maybe he was you know essayed or something you know something traumatic nope just a classic piece of shit and total narcissistic sociopath (gasps) but the way that he talks about military and some of the things that are very talked about behind the scenes and not brought to light is really what did it for me. I caught myself thinking, has he heard my husband and I's conversations? <laughs> like, well, it's yeah, very like, true. Well, Triana has that history in his own life. Mm-hmm. And I, that book in particular, I picked it up and I read it because Christina had recommended, I haven't finished it all the way, but I'm about three quarters of the way through and oh. I sure hate Jackie, but you're right, right. at the same but time, don't you at times, you're like with him. And it reminds me a lot 
um how i felt about the main character in um along the path of torment like yeah these are people yeah. where you can see their flaws That's and that. there's something about them where you can empathize but at the same time you hate them so much right because of all of the evil that they embody and just the bad that they are. And this guy is so... And he is very hard to empathize with because you're right. There's no background there to really justify the behavior. But he still writes him in a way that you're still like, well, I mean, there has to... No one can be this terrible of a person. Yeah. And, but I loved it so much. I, I picked up the audiobook. Audiobook is phenomenal. That's how I suggest taking it in if you have that chance. Um, but I just bought a signed copy because I'm like, that's going to go right there on that shelf right there. That is that I will never get rid of books. Triana is a master. And this the is more my I, the by more Triana. I read, the more I read of him, the more I feel like he's gonna end up in that list. You know, right now we have the the guys who came before, like the last generation, Brian Keene, Rath James White, um, yep. Layman, uh, Ketchum, uh, Ed Lee, like the the Pentaveret. <laughs> I don't know if right, you guys right. watched that show on Netflix yet, but like, oh, Jeff Strand, who still is mm-hmm. very, very, I mean, they're all still relevant. Right. They're all still active. But when we look at them, we're like, oh, you were the path layers. Right. I feel like this is, Triana is going to be part of this next bunch where when you think of names that come up, you, oh, Triana, Volpe, Beauregard, Bercy, mm-hmm. Pike, uh, mm-hmm. Miller, Harding, like all mm-hmm. of these names that started popping up, CV Hunt. Uh, yeah. 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 He's definitely, uh, and the, the, just the, pro, the prolific nature. Yeah. It, he just cranks them out. Just like Volpe and Beauregard can't mm-hmm. keep up with them. Christ. Right. right. Well, well, so. and the devil ride is one that is in my list that I have yet to finish. And I hate to say it, but I still, I'm like slowly, but surely going through each of the story from exits, the written and red guys. I started. Um, I'm just going to tell, I, <laughs> I said to Aaron Beauregard online, and I think it was just in a comment or something like, I will never forgive you for the salt. Man. Right. <laughs> you told, you said the exact same thing to me. And so oh, I'll probably yeah. put that for <laughs> like, the next week. Ow. Or so. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> it's, just, it's terrible. It's not even like a phobia thing, but it's one of those where you're reading it and you can imagine what the sensory experience would mm. be. Mm-hmm. And it's just not not pleasant and yeah no uh, it's like that one scene from saw like i've not really seen it but it's the one where she's thrown into the pit of the needles oh my god that's the one i always think of you like you know what that's i mean like so the worst I, I get scene i always think of from the saw movies i'm pretty sure that was saw too and I, yeah, yeah i've not I'll seen them but i know it. of this scene i'll never yeah. forget it so, so do you want me to switch gears because this next one is completely opposite of that yeah a seagull's tail oh, by Dave McCluskey. Oh, I love him so much. This was much. cute. This is not horror. This is not extreme. This isn't splatter. And it's so funny because you're coming from someone who writes cravings and Zola to something like a seagull's tail. My kids 
fucking loved it. I did it as a read aloud for them. And I would catch myself after they went to sleep that I would keep reading it because I had to know what was going to happen. And so we went to, we went to the conservatory this weekend and there were seagulls and Sarah's goes, Lenny, which is one of the characters in the book. So pick this up. Like you guys are not going to be, if you need something that's kind of like a palate cleanser or you read out loud to your kids, or you even want to read some, like some parents will read the book before their kids do to make sure that it's okay. Like there's nothing in this book that's going to be offensive. And if there is, then I don't know. We've had it. We've had a digital copy for a while. Yeah. God bless Dave for sharing that with us. And, um, it was really for my Catherine since she's mm-hmm. nine and she recently has just started to, to develop a love of seagulls. Thanks mm-hmm. to finding Nemo. Like last night we were watching YouTube mine, clips of that. Mine, 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 mine. Tyrion. Uh, <laughs> and she, at first she was like, mom, what are these funny geese? And I was like, oh, child, we have not been to the beach enough. <laughs> we're poor motherfuckers. So <laughs> I was like, no, baby, those are seagulls. And she was like, oh, I love them. <laughs> Well, they're funny and they're so like the way that he makes them have human quality. Like, it's just, it's a really good book. So definitely, definitely check that one out. If you, if you want something a little bit different. And then I read, um, I don't know if you've read this one or not, uh, dog food. So I read that one all the way back during 30 Days of Godless last October by Peter Peter Caffrey. And that is psychological horror on a whole different level. It's Waiting for Godot meets The Trial by Kafka. Yes. I'm like, because I was going through it and I'm like, psychological torture. It's like, am I becoming an unreliable narrator? Like, what is happening here? And it's absolutely phenomenal. It's totally yeah. super like short. 68, 69. Yeah, like you can do it in like half an hour, 45 minutes. And yet the whole time you're reading it, you will be like, this is horrible. This is horrific. What a fucking nightmare. Like the absolute psychological torture. And there's no control. And no. you feel that loss of yeah. control oh, as the reader you start to feel hopeless and helpless oh, yeah. and you see no good end to any of this and yet you have no idea where it's gonna land either no. and that makes it worse and that's why I really compare it to the trial is because it's just what the fuck is going on like how can you do this to someone how can you allow this to happen and so yeah i those are my three. Those are my three recommendations that I think closing out the season, I think chef's kiss to all three. I kind of have to, I feel like I have to go back and think about the ones that I did read that I would super recommend. And of course, I think you got some of my strongest recommendations from Le, the Eric Baraka episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Simply because, but actually One of my strongest recommendations is going to be if you love Bizarro, but you also have a passion for mental health and seeing the realities of mental health expressed through horror fiction, Lucas Mill Irons' Words Lost in a Dream is one of the most beautiful 
books I read this year. And it touches on all of those things. Mm -hmm. And especially if you have a thing for Bizarro, you're going to love it. You will love it. And then I can't not stop talking about womb. <laughs> I it was my can anyone one, else? It was my number one back in our first episode. And you mm-hmm. know what? I'm sticking to it. Like if you haven't read womb, you need to read womb because holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loaned that one, out. Another I one that, that one really out. killed me this year was so sorry by Volpe mm-hmm. and Beauregard. Yeah. Um, that one, I haven't really talked a lot about it, but I think about it a lot. Yeah. And just knowing that it is something, it, it, it revolves around something that actually happened in the town next to where I was born right? and where <laughs> I grew up. It just gave it a whole new spin for me. And that book's fucking brutal. It is brutal. Yeah. And you like, you think that the first story is, is you know, is going to, okay, nothing else is going to be. Volpe nope. takes it to the next level. Yeah. He's like, how, how can I fuck them with no lube? That's what I'm going to do here. Beauregard takes you to the breaking point and then Daniel mm. Volpe is just like, oh, you thought that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> he like just starts breaking. So speaking <laughs> of stuff like that, have you got anything that you've read so far this year that's going to be on your top 10 of the year? We can never leave this place is number okay. one. Okay. Uh, we are here to hurt each other is number two. Nice. So we have LaRocca at number one and we have Paula Ash at number two. And I can't wait to get her on this show. My God, I can't wait now, for her to give me more freaking books. Right. Paula, so do you think, Paula, do you write me a book? Paula. Paula. Just for me, Paula. <laughs> Just for me, do Paula. You, do you think that those will be knocked out? Nope. Yeah. See, that's how I feel about my number one, my number two and my number three. I guess so. it does remain to be seen. And I've all, I've kind of given up my tapes, but we'll see. We'll see. Right. Because right now me, those are hard. They're going to be, y'all will be hard pressed to knock them out of those spots because. Mm, because yeah. I'm looking at number one is Cuckoo by Mike Ennenbach. I'm actually going to get. I need that one. one. I don't have that one I'm yet. going to, it's not come out yet. It's not even been published. It's still in the waiting line to be read. Well, shit, Christina. I know. I know. I'm special. Um, I'm actually going to get it tattooed. One of the lines tattooed on me. <gasps> oh. Um, so that will be a secret probably coming up in season two when I get tattooed. <gasps> um, number two. And I don't have any tattoos. I'm a freaking dork. So, so this will be your first even. It'll be my That's- very first tattoo. That's huge. It's a, that's meaningful. It really, like I read that line and I cried. It really just, it got me. And so number two is Mr. Triana. I mean, (laughs) not going to happen. And number three actually is three of them in one. Um, And that's Harding. Uh, Transcendental Mutilation. Genital Grinder. Oh, and header three, 
Yeah. Because Header 3 is the first book in 10 months that made me say, I have to fucking quit for a while. And that to me deserves all the accolades. Because it does. I, Standing ovation, like, Ryan Harding. And Edward Lee. It's him and Edward oh, Lee. And Ed and Lee. Well, I, and here's the thing. What do you expect? I, here's, what's, here's what's so funny. I can listen to the most horrific things happen to children. I can listen to the most horrific things happen to people, to animals anything don't care if you write in your book about people spitting in other people's mouths i that's my trigger of all the things in the world that's my trigger oh i can't lady, do it i can't do it in what? my in my classes that i teach for healthcare providers teaching them how to handle challenging behaviors in patients and violence in patients. Um, we talk a lot about, okay, so so what's your trigger? What's your trigger? What's your biggest trigger? What do you hate the most? Spitting is number one. Really spit at me. Don't spit (sighs) on me. I swear to God, it immediately makes me want to break your face. Like that is the one thing that most people identify as their primary trigger because it drives those feelings. Like you can, you can throw use tampons at people. You can vomit at people. You can throw your shit at people, but you You can come on people. Like you spit at people. They will wreck (laughs) I they can't do will it. I can't wreck do it. you, especially healthcare and, providers. And <laughs> I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This scene that I'm talking about is not one page. It's not two pages. This goes on for like five fucking minutes. I feel like, like Ed Lee, mm-hmm. because we can go all the way back to Brain Cheese Buffet and focus on the yeah. list. Yeah. And I feel like he has found the way to weaponize that one trigger he knows that most humans have. And he pushes it to the max every single fuck of time. He's like, oh, I know y'all hate this one. Let's bring this baby out again. Well, it's funny because Harding Harding will say that it's Edward Lee and Edward Lee will say that it's Ryan Harding who wrote that. So... I feel like it's the, I feel like it's the scene in Labyrinth where you come to the doors and they're like one of us always tells the truth and one of us always <laughs> lies. I tell oh, the truth. oh what a lie. <laughs> right? <laughs> so to finish out, I have the hashtag #thigat for number 4 of the year and Saints Blood by Ryan C Bradley for number 5. Those will not change. Those right. stay as is. Folks, my last five write that down who knows Go back, rewind write this list down now so that when we come back in january of 2023 and hit you with our top 10 lists yep. you can tell us how uh how uh unreliable we are <laughs> no because i actually it's so funny i keep a list so I keep a list. So she doesn't well, forget. I mean, Christine, so I you kind of have to because you read like 300 books every month. I do. I do. I do. I, How are uh, you supposed to keep track? Right. And then <laughs> here's the thing with top tens, it's really difficult because last year I did it more because I was kind of new and I was like, mm, you know, this year I'm getting like I can write five page papers on why I'm choosing each single one. And they're all completely different reasons. 
not thrillers, not, you know, but yeah. So, I mean, Cuckoo has like, it's, I mean, there's a bit of gore in it, but it's not, but yeah, if it doesn't get picked up, I'm going to be so pissed off. Oh, I'd really like an opportunity to read that. Mike, just get with Mike. Talk to your yeah, friend just Christina. Get with Mike. She'll tell get you. Marion's Marion's a good lady. She's a good lady. Hmm. Sometimes she might she, she might come across as bitey on the podcast, but y'all want to know something. Um that's just that's just my funny persona. <laughs> and Deep I down inside, this I'm just a lady who wants everyone to be happy and just wants peace among the community and just wants to be liked and loved by all of the people that she likes and loves. and sometimes I have to move beyond that for the ability to make funny jokes and then I worry about them later (laughs) I'm just the resident bitch bag I I am a I mean and Marion can kind of testify to this that who you see on here is who I am in real life like which is why I, I love her like you know I speak for those who will not speak. When I say spicy cupcake, I am a spicy cupcake on the show um, and on my my TikToks because it's fun and it's funny and it allows me to be that small aspect of my personality that I don't get to be in my everyday life because in my everyday life, I'm basically just a cupcake. (laughs) She really is. A cupcake that wants everyone to be happy. I want everyone to be miserable like me. So that, but that's why we work. Because uh, we the are sugar I'm the sour. and spice. We're yeah, I'm like the sour. I'm the yeah. sour gummy bears. Uh, and I'm like, ones. no, Christina. No. No, I'm like, no. Why? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I'm going through a tunnel. A bitch bag tunnel. <laughs> you want to get Lucas in here? Yeah, we've spent All right. too much time yapping. We don't even, we're not even paying attention to how anybody else feels. They've already done fast forwarded. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> They're on, they want Lucas. They're already at Lucas. So let's get yeah. him in here now. I'm going to send him this link. Hold up. All right. Oh, baby. Bye. I mean, book, books okay, are great babe. and stuff, okay. but. We've got okay. some like I spy stuff going on here. All right. Lucas Mill Iron oh, just told us that he has spy glasses on his face. Like we actual spy glasses that can record people. Well, yeah. You can record people. You can listen to videos. Quite often I'm listening to your podcasts while checking in glasses. Oh my God. Is this because you work in the world of glasses that you have access to super agents well, by technology? Right. Anybody who has access to a target optical should have access to uh, their glasses. Not that I'm, you know, advertising my company or anything, but. No, no. <laughs> Just writing this down. Tar- mm-hmm. target, target optical, who I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> well, in some places we call it Target. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we do in suburban Pennsylvania. In Alaska, that's 49th in education. Yeah, we say that. Lucas, Lucas, I love you like a sister loves her brother, and I need you Mm -hmm. to confirm for me to Christina 
that you are number one, the reincarnation of George Bataille, and that you wrote Eye of the Tiger through astral projection, and that mm-hmm. you actually were abandoned in the Everglades of Florida and found by a tribe of skunk ape slash gator hybrids and raised by them. Because she didn't believe any of this. <laughs> well, I have nothing to do with Eye of the Tiger, but <gasps> I cannot deny nor confirm the skunk ape disposition. Oh, see, see, okay. I'm uh, my th- my throne is not completely made of lies. Right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so we're only gonna pee in the bed just a little bit today. Oh, just a little mm-hmm. tinkle, just a little tinkle. <laughs> just, just that pregnancy mom mm-hmm. tinkle. Just so you know, I I consider Mr. Lucas Mill Iron to be a very good friend and yet most Mm -hmm. of our communication and a majority of our personal friendship love language is built on sending each other ridiculous tiktoks that's how we communicate with one another Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're very visual audio people we are because every once in a while i'll be like oh lucas sent me something i'll be like it's a dildo or a gator it's a dildo or a gator (laughs) Often dildos. I can't help the dildos. And sometimes both. They're it's necessary. your coat. So Absolutely. There really is. There is. There's all well, you know, our audience, our audience may not know you as well as we do. You want to share a little bit about who you I know this is actually your second time on the show this year. Uh-huh. You were on you were also featured on one of our most popular episodes this mm-hmm. season, which happens to be our mental health panel. Wow. Mm-hmm. The numbers on that one were incredible. So thank you for being a part of that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for inviting me to that one. That one was very cathartic. That one, I mean, it's weird, but it was nice being not the only person who's had these issues in the room. Absolutely. Sure a lot of us feel like we are the only one with these issues in the room. So that was a very nice space to be in. And I thank you guys for bringing that together because we were just, you know, guests to the party. It was like a great group therapy session, actually. (laughs) Guess -hmm. guess who wasn't invited? Drew (laughs) Stevick. This gal. And I'm all kinds of crazy. No, I'm just I know you were like, look, Christina, you were a little too crazy for our panels, so we just had to. It's It's a joke. Someone had to. It's her thing. It's her thing. We have two separate things. Someone had to keep the moose in check. (laughs) That's right, and there's only one woman to do it. That is Mm -hmm. Miss Um, Christina Pfeiffer and her giant, her giant collection (laughs) of dildo weapons. (laughs) Right. When All they right. when so they go for... <laughs> Lucas, remind the people right. about yourself. Tell them a little so, about who you are. So I am Lucas Milliron. I am the author of well, most known for Cocksucker. Um, basically, I describe that book as Bath Salts Bigfoot. I am a native-born Floridian, uh, oldest of three. I sell eyeglasses, as you guys may or may not know by now. Um, licensed optician in the state of Florida. I do educational for opticianry. Um, today, I'm a little fancy dressed because I just got out of Broward College doing a frame adjustment class, teaching new opticians the proper way to adjust frames, uh, adjust prescriptions in the glasses and all that stuff. 
So he's a professional man, and Fancy. he re- and he writes really fucked up books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he he leans into that Florida Florida man aesthetic in a way Nobody. you cannot get anywhere else. Holy shit! Well, I say bath salts, Bigfoot. Bath salts, Bigfoot. It's, oh my That's god! Perfect. One of my most popular TikTok reviews that probably pushed me closest to going viral was my review for cocksucker and it's basically basically mm-hmm. it was me just being like what the fuck what the fuck if you read this it's not my fault i have nope. nothing to right. do. <laughs> and yet i love it so much and i think oh. i was even wearing this sweater in that video <laughs> yeah, well, how much start- i will never forget this review that i made for cocksucker mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we can actually start the questioning because that's one of my questions as to pertain to cocksucker. So I, it doesn't even have a question. So I'm just going to come up with one, but I know what I'm doing. Do your thing. I'm hourly. Cocksucker Cocksucker has the best opening line of any book. I'm sorry. I'm going to. Abigail could taste the blood on her brother's foreskin. Now. Stop it. Shut up. Right. And yep. if it would be okay, may I continue? Because it gets better. I'm deaf. Go right ahead. All right. Ahead. So it continues. Clive, she hollered. What the fuck? You said you showered. Yesterday, Clive replied. You forgot You forgot under your foreskin again. Why does your dick taste like blood? Mom is on the rack. Motherfucker. Frog face. I'm telling Pa. You know damn all. well he don't like snitches. Mm-hmm. Fine, but you better not quick this time. We got chores. I mean, you have to get that out of the way. <laughs> number okay, one, where did the story me. come from, Lucas? And number two, okay. why is it so great? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, the woman makes the dress, not the dress doesn't make the woman. Right, right. As far as the inspiration for Cocksucker, it's... I wanted to write a story about a boy who lost his dog. I've always wanted to do a boy lost his dog story just because okay. it's, it's fun, simple. Everybody gets it. It's interconnectable on everything. But then I'm like, okay, I want this to be a little interesting. What if the dog was a chupacabra? All right, there you go. That, that's an interesting piece. But what if that boy, I mean, who would find out, who would find a chupacabra to be a wonderful, loving puppy? Well, only an inbred redneck. Nobody else. And then, okay, so now you have your inbred redneck. Now you have your opener. Now you have your chicken-killing chupacabra. What's your antagonist going to be? Because you've got chupacabras, rednecks. And I'm like, just right, wants to do it what he wants. So how about a skunk ape? And not just any skunk ape. What if he was bi-curious? Make him and that's the name. Relatable. Curious old Bob. <laughs> curious old Bob. Because he's by curious. And then he the rest is history. Mm-hmm. I also love the little Easter egg that exists within this book, considering the fact that the restaurant that is featured is a real place. And I have Correct. seen pictures. Yep. So, yes, there are. So, all my books are based in one way or another off of something real. Um, there's always kernels of truth to every lie. 
And with this book, I mean, I changed the name of the restaurant because as much as I love the restaurant in today's day and age and sensibilities, some people would be offended by that. But it's a real restaurant. Um, it's off of the Tamiami Trail going through Alligator Alley. It's been there since, I want to say, the 30s or the 40s. It's an old restaurant, an old Florida Cracker House. And they have the best frog legs in South Florida, period. I, I don't freaking know if love frog, frog legs. legs. Oh my they're god, they're so good. There. They're so good. They're locally sourced, so everything for that. But what struck me as quite unique is it's a family restaurant. So when I went to relieve myself, I go to the men's room and, huh, that's a lot of tits. <laughs> <laughs> Literally plastered on every single wall, every inch are these old like like Jugs Magazine centerfolds, Playboy centerfolds, Hustler centerfolds, no bajays, no bajays. Oh, right, right. That's where we draw the line. Classy. Well, it's, cla- yeah. it's a classy joint, so it's tatas up. Um, and they are giving the utmost respect because all of these cheesy magazines are in these really nice little picture frames oh yeah classy place the way you do it you got to hit it with that eleganza well let's talk about upcycling thank you Mm -hmm. restaurant for keeping Mm -hmm. that out of our landfills that is a preservation of history that's what that Mm -hmm. is 100%. 100%. Wowzer. If those centerfolds were uh, classic cars, they'd be blue license plates by now. Hell yeah, Boom. man. When you, when you got ready to release Cocksucker, was there mm-hmm. any level of response that you were expecting? Like, was there anything that you were kind of like, ah, oh, wait for it, wait right. for to it. This day, to this day. <laughs> I am still waiting for Amazon to cancel it just because of the title and the context. Yeah. But that's because I don't necessarily spin it as a straight horror story. I spin it as horror comedy. Yeah. You know, it's slapstick. It's straight slapstick. And I think that's kept me safe. It's a combination of that and the keywords that I use when people search it. I don't use anything offensive because that's your immediate red flag to amazon and then they'll catch it and just you'll never see it again so i kept all the keywords good but to this day i'm always worried like are they gonna cancel me but so far it's been good i mean my publisher grindhouse press grindhouse did that amazing cover Mm -hmm. i mean i was really scared when i submitted it and like all right have fun with the cover because it's it's a tough book and the book speaks for itself. And I was worried that a cover from anywhere might be a little too much, but uh, C.D. Hunt, she did a fantastic job in that oh, cover. Oh man, she's amazing. it's eye-catching, it's bright, it's different. It's not the normal dark bleak skulls and red and black and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with it because one of my books is a black cover with red and skulls. Yeah. But it stands out amongst almost any book you see just because of how bright and crazy color it is and it tells you right off the bat you're in for something fucked up yeah but at the same time i think that might actually be its saving grace is the fact that it's a big rooster mm-hmm. cock so mm-hmm. it automatically takes the brain oh when he says cocksucker he's not talking about dicks they yeah. must be talking about the actual like man chickens right <laughs> oh it's a man's chicken and then when you read when you <laughs> right? read that the synopsis 
Like it doesn't really prepare you for what's no. about to happen. No. <laughs> so, well, I don't necessarily believe in trigger warnings per mm-hmm. se with the caveat of, I don't think you should have trigger warnings. However, you should front load what your reader is going to expect. So with the title, with the first page, you know immediately if this book is for you or not. Yep. And if it's not, put it down. Put it down. Put it, it, it's okay. Yes. I don't need your $2. I don't. Yeah. It's not that important. <laughs> I would prefer you did not hurt yourself. Yeah. Right. Your psyche. With this gentle little book. <laughs> so, I mean, that's why, it, that's why that book is shaped the way it is. A lot of my stuff is very intentional like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Skin Deep was the same way where I wanted you to know from the first sentence, you ain't in Kansas. Yes. Welcome to Florida. Yeah. People come for the mouse and they stay for the meth. Right. There you go. Oh, hooray for Florida. Florida. <laughs> I always Florida. like when something pops up and it's like, you know, some horrific thing happens and it's like Florida mm-hmm. man. And I'm like, yep. checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my backyard. We call that Right. Like that. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Christina actually has a really great question about skin deep now that you bring I it up. I do. I do. So you said you work in optometry. So I can yes. feel safe assuming that your inspiration for skin deep and call me hoop series was based mm-hmm. on some. Um, you have felt my wrath on how much I hate eyes and eye stuff. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you, Andrew. You, Andrew, I, Drew, to this day, he has not I, forgiven me. Don't eye stuff. Look at my eyes. Don't touch my eyes. Because every time I go, I'm not even looking at you, Lucas. I can see. I can see how the. No. I'm going through a tunnel. Oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> oh my god. But and I mean, you know, but yes. So my day job did influence the the dressing, shall we right, call it, right. for that story. So it's about blood and eyes and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. How did that collaboration start? And was it an easy story to write with Hoop? So it's a multifaceted story. Well, because I've told the story a couple of times. Um, so Skin Deep was actually a reaction to a lot of things I was dealing with at the time. Uh, my biological father had passed away. Uh, we were coming out of COVID. COVID was not kind to my family and everybody as everybody suffered through it. Um, I had a particularly difficult time with a whole bunch of house issues, um, to put it mildly. And again, this is the mild stuff. Uh, during lockdown, I had to do a complete bathroom renovation because our tub completely sprung a leak. The person who had installed the bathtub before we bought the house thought they had done such a great job that they didn't need to connect the plumbing to the drain. So anytime we took a shower, all that water didn't necessarily go straight to the drain. It went under the tub. (gasps) So my wife goes to give the dog a bath. Dog goes into the tub. Water comes shooting out from the floor of the tub. So we dealt with that while I was unemployed before getting my checks for being unemployed. Oh, During a pandemic. When people oh, yeah. aren't allowed to be six feet in front of you, let alone come into your house. In your house, wow. Yeah. 
so that was the beginning of the fun. And the, it, it got a little crazier. Like we had septic issues. Um, I had literal feces in my kitchen sink because our septic backed up from the construction. Oh my God. It was, oh yeah, no, it was bad. So oh, that, brother. there was a bunch of other stuff and a lot of my close friends know, but dealing with all of that. And then my biological father had passed away. Him and I had a very strange relationship. Um, towards me, he was very physically, mentally abusive. Um, there was a lot of tra trauma that I was undergoing. Um, and literally a week after I'd been trying to process this, Drew messaged me about, you know, joining the Call Me Hoop series. And I had recently asked him about joining Godless to put Cocksucker up. And he was like, dude, I'm already a fan. You've already got a page. I was just waiting for you to shoot me the message. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Stepic. <laughs> and, you know, and then he gives me the opportunity to do, you know, Skin Deep. And I hadn't written for basically the entire time I was processing my dad's passing. Oh. And that's weird for me. Because since I started writing, I usually don't go more than one or two days without writing or one or two days without touching a story. Like, even if I'm not writing, I'm either working on an outline or I'm fixing edits. I'm always touching my fiction. So I'd gone a really long time without working on anything. And I was starting to freak out. Because I'm like, wait, what if I don't have this anymore? What if I've lost my momentum? What if I can't write? Oh, what if I forgot how because of all the, the stuff that's still in me? Yeah. And then here comes this opportunity. The first, I don't even want to call it a draft. The first shot that I sent to Drew, he's like, I don't know what you're sending me, but let, let's, let's take a step back. Here's a movie you need to watch. It's called Angel Heart. And this is kind of the premise that we're going for. So I watched the movie. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. And if you haven't seen Angel Heart, you really need to unfuck that because it's a really good movie. That's a great um, film. And, and then everything just sort Mommy. of clicked. So I was like, wait, if this is basically what we're doing, I need to write what I am most afraid of. And what I am most afraid of is turning into my father. So I went literal. I went very visceral. I didn't hold anything back. Um, I may have gotten a little too personal even, but it was a story that I needed to write. Incorporating right. Hoop was just, I mean, you could have switched Hoop out for almost any character. Yeah. But I made sure that when Hoop was, you know, on screen, so to speak, when he was on the page, it was Hoop. Mm -hmm. You didn't have any question who the hell it was. You mm -hmm. knew that this was but otherwise, it was more about me dealing with that situation. And I am forever grateful for Drew Stepik for getting me back on the horse. Because had he not, I might have given up at that point. Yeah. Or it might have been a lot longer. And the work that I would have put out may not have been the same. Yeah. I mean, because it was literally what I needed at that moment just to get moving forward again. Right. Well, that's a hell of a turning point. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Well, and before that, I'd looked at Cocksucker as a one-off because most of my writing isn't that extreme. Not until literally post Skin Deep. After yeah. that, you'll notice a lot of my stuff got a little wackier and crazier. Um, the only thing that isn't, which 
time frame wise came out I wrote before was a uh, lost words in a dream. Oh, I want to talk about that one, buddy. Well, that one I actually was writing tangentially at the same time as cocksucker. What a contrast. So for <laughs> those of you who aren't familiar, I actually mentioned this book yeah. in um, our intro and it was one of your books that I recommended everybody read because this is an amazing, almost bizarro-esque journey mm-hmm. through grief and loss and survivor mm-hmm. guilt. And oh, yeah, um, this was straight up how do I come to terms with this world I can't control and yet I'm constantly faced with these visceral visual physical memories of the people that I have lost and Mm -hmm. it is a gorgeous gorgeous horrible horrific journey through for me it was a journey through grief Mm -hmm. and coming to terms with that and being the one who's left behind to pick up all pieces and knowing that you were in that space at the same time that you were talking about curious old Bob raping some ornery teenagers in the middle (laughs) of the swamp. Um, that's kind of mind fuck for me. Mill iron. What the hell? (laughs) At any given time I'm writing at least four to five books at once. Holy um, shit. This year, this year is the first time I'm trying to organize that a little better and limit myself. Mm-hmm. I've been watching I'm working that. On. I've, this is everything I'm working on right now. I was going to say that is I haven't very... updated it. I only was... update this once a month, so I'm getting due to update it again. But okay. literally, this is everything I'm working on. That is a very Christina whiteboard right there. <laughs> but, Welcome to the is, ranks. But that's not everything I'm writing. Right. That's only what I'm writing now. Right. Because um, in my head, I'm, there's no way I'm ever going to write all the books that's in there, ever. But at least with this process that I'm working on now, keeping myself organized, I know what my output's supposed to look like. Right. Because if anything I learned under lockdown is organize your shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're writing multiple things all at once, do you find yourself bouncing back and forth just based on your vibe of the day? And will um, you just like all of a sudden be like on a certain day and just go to one that you haven't even really like addressed yet and be like, blah, 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 blah. Yes, no. I'll come back to you four months from now. Sort of. I mean, the way that works is it's right now I'm more task focused. So like I need to finish Cocksucker before or because right now I'm working on the sequel to Cocksucker. So I need to finish that by August. So it'll be ready edited by September. Oh, um, you hear that? Christina, it'll be ready for season two of Mothers of necessarily. (laughs) Remember, just because a book is done doesn't mean it's released Uh, because I still have to. We can Mm -hmm. always beta for you. Girls, you got my number. (laughs) No, absolutely. So I need to finish that one by September. And then I need to immediately jump on Becoming Three uh, for D&T Publishing since I got um, my entire Becoming series coming out through them. Uh, They have one. Book two should be coming out. Um, The Dead Heart should be coming out. But I need to finish the Becoming series just because that's the next 
major thing. Mm -hmm. um, then I have to finish my, I don't want to call it a Western because I don't do Westerns. This is my Florida uh, kind of a, all right, I'll call it a splatter Western, but it's a period piece and it's name for the moment is Blood on Bare Feet. It's basically what if the yearling was a horror story? Ooh. And I'm making it really, really dark. So I'm taking an already dark, sad story and I'm just like, let's just a little darker. <laughs> so if that one's gonna be I'm interesting. Ready. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I'll go by mood. I mean, prior to me trying to stay organized, it was mood, it was whatever inspiration was jumping up front. And sometimes that's good, but the problem with that is then you get a lot of stuff pushed on the back burner. And that's kind of what happened to Becoming Three. I mean, the books didn't move very well when I first released them. And then as people discovered, you know, my other fiction, and not everybody can handle something as extreme as Skin Deeper Cocksucker. So then I would push them things like the Becoming series, and people were loving it. So that's now the thing that I'm starting to focus on after this. It's, yes, it's a combination of mood, but I need to shift it. Not only what am I feeling in the mood for, but what do I need to complete? Right. Because it's, yeah, <laughs> so many books. I love that I... you are building on these books that have been so popular for you and mm -hmm. turning them into series. Certain ones. It was never my intention. Cocksucker, I didn't want that to be a sequel. I didn't want a sequel for Cocksucker. I really didn't. I said this was a one and done. The way I ended it was perfect. It's great. And then I'm like, God, there's a lot of fucking iguanas outside. Oh, you know how I feel about the iguanas, Lucas. So, yes, I do. so <laughs> the idea just stated. And then I'm like, huh, I wonder if there was an apex predator that used to eat all these iguanas. <gasps> Bob. Oh my God, Bob. So because Bob's been neutered, He's no longer as curious and he's no longer feasting on these iguanas, keeping the population down. Now the iguanas have exploded because of Clive and Cooter. Yeah, so Clive now we Cooter. must go. Mm -hmm. So as Clive and Cooter ride again for the hunt of neutered Bob. Now that now they're all now they're all freezing when it drops to 50 degrees and they're falling on people and killing them. Okay. <laughs> Well, we know who the cause is now, don't we? Blame mm -hmm. Clive. Damn it, Clive. Fuck you, Cooter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and I can't wait for you guys to killed meet killed by iguanasicles. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for you guys to meet my new character for Cocksucker, Grandpa Balls. Oh, spectacular. And Marion is choking um who do we you don't, you don't say things <laughs> like that just as i'm taking a drink lucas <laughs> yeah, marion's putting a cup to her mouth let me say grandpa balls out loud gotta say it loud and proud right oh my god so yeah I, so that's that's a glimpse into the sausage being made <laughs> Actually, sausage was just about where I was going to take this conversation. Now, I don't do a lot of erotica. 
Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I enjoy it when I'm in the mood, but I don't focus on mm-hmm. it a lot. Now, Christina will do more erotica than I do. Mm-hmm. As far as reading. And I know she has some questions about damnation. Okay. I was extremely lucky and got to beta mm-hmm. and edit damnation because Which I it is much love you for it. Always my friends. There's nothing mm-hmm. better than porn, a red pen. It's just, it, yep. it gives me happiness. <laughs> happiness. I love redlining porn. I love it. It gives me so much joy. <laughs> but it shows yep. such a different side of you. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a difference between, you know, a thing coming right. after you and, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, you have sex from meth gator. Yeah. There's, there's different. There's this. You know, there's a difference. My question is, how did this story come about? And were you a little bit worried about how it was received? And I want to, spoiler for children, mm-hmm. that this is extra fucking spicy and it is slip and slide approved. So now you can answer. Yep. It's hot. So originally, I wrote this years ago for an anthology for Death's Head Press called Rope Burns. Um, They were doing a kinky erotica, a kinky horror anthology. So I wrote them the story and its initial draft, which I think was less than 6,000 words. So it was just a regular short story. It was not near as sexy because that was more for the horror and the kink Mm -hmm. than it was the eroticism. Because that's what that book was going for. And after a lot of issues Death's Head Press had, they were able to finally release it. Amazon um, redline, or they basically uh, canceled the book four times. It was originally called Rope Burns. They had to change the book title to Obligatus. I can't remember the last word, Voluptus, something like that. And they just had so many issues. They had to redo the cover. They had to redo the title. They had to completely resubmit it. And they almost lost their books being sold on Amazon because of it, because it was too aggressive. I'm so confused about what, what's the problem with Rope Burns? Well, Rope Burns as the anthology was a whole bunch of kinky fiction. And what, there was like some, just that title alone. I'm like, why that feel doesn't feel there wasn't so the title. like provocative to me. Oh, it wasn't the title, it was the stories in it. Because damnation oh, wasn't right. the most fucked up. Yeah, no, it was content. Because damnation wasn't the most fucked up thing in there. It was quite fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the throat to the knife scene was in there. Mm-hmm. But there was a bunch of other stuff from all the other books that, you know, the other stories in there that were just as crazy. And Amazon didn't want it. This was pre-Godless, so it had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And the book basically sat for a couple of years just as a paperback exclusive. Wow. And uh, fast forward a little while, I kind of wanted to... I've been doing so much gross sex and humorous sex. I'm like, well, can I do something that's a little lighter? Sure. I already have a story. I kind of liked how it went, but I wished it was a little bit more into the eroticism. So I sizzled it up. I added a little bit more backstory to the characters, which it sorely needed. And now you have damnation, horror beyond flesh. Yeah. It's so freaking good though. Like it just, and it's so different. Because, I mean, like we said, you know, cocksucker to this, it's just. Mm-hmm. 
it is. And you know, it's it's one of my favorites by you. I think you. that because it is such a difference and you didn't keep yourself in that box that you just mm-hmm. kind of went, I don't want to say balls to the wall because I just feel like this is the wrong interview yes. for that. So... <laughs> <laughs> I know this is going to lie. Wow. I mean, if they're going to go over all, you're using a stapler. Right? There's staplers like involved. They, there could be way too many things that happen with that. So, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do, I feel like you really went outside of maybe your comfort zone. Oh, it was. A little bit. I mean, I'd had other beta readers go through the sexy bits. Um, I had one girl who does uh, almost exclusively dark erotica. And without saying it verbatim, the first draft, every single beta reader, um, shout out Miko, every single beta reader that I had read it, without saying it, was basically telling me you write sex like a man. And I'm like, oh, so how do I unfuck that? And that was the challenge. Well, it's, well, he needs to have more... You know, you can't just get to the point. You have to have that escalation, that build, that rise, that fall, those movements. And, and I didn't meet my cock quota. It, the first draft did not have enough cock. <laughs> the ladies wanted more dick. They do. But no, it's not. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Dick. It's the word cock. Really? That's a thing. Apparently, yeah, uh, you certain... can probably tell by Christina and I's expressions that we are not mm-hmm. in that category of women. <laughs> I'm so I mean, surprised. No, it is. It's, there is a thing. There are certain words you have to use, certain phrases you have to wow, use, and I everybody's a little. That. I mean, it's not like a literal quota, but you do right. need to. Use it. it needs to be in there, just like if it's romance, it needs to have a happy ending. If it's erotica. It can be anything. It just needs to be sexy. That is and so this one, funny. Well, this one, it really leans into the horror because I am a massive Clive Barker fan. Oh, mm-hmm. me too. And my biggest issue with people and the movie Hellraiser is they forget Hellraiser is an erotica. Yeah. It was kink. It, yeah. They're not demons. They're people who are bored with sex, with the mundane sex of what the human flesh can tolerate. It was sadism to the max. It's an exploration of what happens if death is no longer, you know, a Brit is no longer a stopping point. If you can surpass death, how far will you take it? And that's what I kind of used in this. Mm -hmm. You can take the artifact and turn into anything you want, and it's the same thing. But the whole moral of the story is, is if you give someone the opportunity where death is no longer the worst thing that can happen, how far will that individual take it? Right. Damnation is all about consent. Mm-hmm. What happens and why consent is so fucking important. Yeah. Right? Especially in kink. Especially in kink. Oh, yeah. Uh, kink is built all around consent. Without mm-hmm. consent, it doesn't happen. And those boundaries and those lines are drawn before you ever even step in mm-hmm. to that situation. Well, and people outside of the BDSM community don't realize this, but the submissive mm-hmm. is the one in control. Oh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's something that a lot of people don't understand is that the submissive is always the one in control because when they say no, right. anything beyond that is now rape. Yeah, it's absolutely. Deadly, and it's that deadly serious. 
Because if you're doing something like breath play, something as benign as breath play, and your sub is tapping out and you keep going, well, the next step is a coma. Yeah. And then where do you go from that? I mean, yeah. it just, it only gets worse from there. So it's a cautionary tale. Yeah. Right. I, I am fascinated by, not just fascinated, but I, I appreciate and love the psychology of kink and mm-hmm. especially the psychology of BDSM. Because so many people who will engage in the BDSM community and lifestyle do it as a form of trauma processing Mm -hmm. and catharsis because you're absolutely right there. Mm -hmm. The submissive is in control and sometimes Mm -hmm. the dominant one also needs that opportunity to express that aspect of who they are. And they use the safe zone to engage in this therapeutic, Mm -hmm. basically sexual therapy on a Mm -hmm. mutual level. And it is fascinating and amazing. And what really pisses me off is people who go into it thinking they can use it as a weapon and use it for their own nefarious needs. And they get weeded out real fast. Because that community community. will have none of it if they are on the straight and narrow. I was in the BDSM community for a while down in Fort Lauderdale. Um, Basically from... I mean, when I was in high school, I was introduced to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, my mom essentially made me go. It was a friend's birthday. And I had told them, well, they're going to Rocky Horror Picture Show after that. And my mom's like, oh, hey, you going? And I'm like, eh, I'm thinking about it. She's like, you want to ride home, right? <laughs> <You're> going, right? <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> so my mom's fault. I became a Rockyite. Yay! Um, Good job, mom. <laughs> From the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it's not a far stretch to the BDSM and kink community because that was where I learned more about, you know, transsexuals, people who were, you know, drag queens. One of my best friends growing up at that time, uh, drag queen Diva Divine. I mean, she was more than just an actress in her nightlife. She was an actress at her day job because when Diva was gay Ray for her day job at a Catholic summer camp for boys, Okay, in I Texas. Love I love it. Oh, she, that was where her real acting skills excelled. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh. And you oh, just, you ended it Diva. with Texas. On top <laughs> of the and I'm just saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, they're bigger in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, that I going from that to the BDSM community, I mean, you see all the different types of walks of life. And Florida's got one of the biggest underground scenes because we have lots of professionals who don't want people to know that they're in that scene. Right. I mean, there was one gentleman who was an attorney. We all knew he was an attorney because we knew his face because his face was plastered on billboards. Right. He would go in with a mask, one of those little Zorro masks, thinking that was enough, wearing no clothes, Mm -hmm. just whitey tighties. Okay. And the letters C-B-T written in magic marker on his bare naked chest. Okay. With a piece of rope coming out as briefs. So for those who don't know, C-B-T stands for cock and ball torture. 
Okay, because I was thinking CBTs like I don't know, military have to do those. Yeah, oh, I think we cup check. totally <laughs> off, totally off, totally off. <laughs> CBT, well, I'm sure CBT if you ask actually, the military people, it's not far off. It's also <laughs> cognitive behavioral therapy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Which it's I not mean, far we off guess, if you yeah, think about it. It's not that right. far off. <laughs> it, it all mm-hmm. does kind of, in a minute. It all goes back to the phallus. <laughs> it really does. That's I mean, but no, would yeah. take us. <laughs> right? But you see a lot of that stuff. I mean, I introduced a bunch of my friends to the BDSM community. Uh, one friend, we we were going to use the restroom, and back in the day, the restrooms were non-binary when you went to a fetish factory party. Mm-hmm. And you're talking early 2000s before non-binary was a thing. So you would have the women's room where it's the lady in the skirt, and the W.O. and woman was ripped off. So it's men, lady with the skirt. <laughs> I loved That's it. That's great! So me and my friend are going to use the restroom, and there's Mr. Attorney, you know, laying on the ground with a very busty dominatrix and her heels on his scrotum, beating him in the face with a riding crop. And my friend's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, shut up. He's smiling. Leave. Yeah. He's having a good time. Let the man live. This would be a (laughs) five-star Yelp review. Just get out. (laughs) (laughs) But it's you see these things, you get acclimated to these things and you realize they're two consenting adults doing whatever mm-hmm. you like. Yeah. I mean, I very rarely yuck someone's yum. The only time I yuck yum is when it's littles. Littles bother me because that's a little on the creepy oh, side. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a zone that... Mm, um, grown that's... people pretending to be babies and being intimate, That I don't do that, no. But anything else, I mean, I'll even accept furries. Furries are cool. They're, they're their own people, but you don't yuck someone's yum. Right. Let people live. As long as it's not, yeah. As long as it doesn't go into that realm of, yeah. Consenting adults. Consenting Mm -hmm. adults. That's where we cap it, friends. (laughs) If it ain't ain't involving adults, we don't approve of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, since we have talked about Mr. True Stepic quite a bit, Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break and throw a coin to our Stepic and give a little love to Godless. Then we're going to come right back and then we're going to hit you with the rapid fire for Luke. Let's do it. Hey, kids. Looking for a way to affordably access the best and wildest independent extreme horror currently in existence? Godless Horrors is the place to be. Go to www.godless.com to gain access to thousands of extreme horror and splatterpunk books from the genre's best and brightest independent authors. Godless Horrors offers every title in their catalog in a variety of formats to ensure compatibility with your favorite digital reading device. Strapped for cash? No worries. Godless has a fantastic collection of free titles ready for instant download, with other titles in their collection rarely exceeding $3 to $4. Again, go to www.godless.com or download the app and tell them what the fuck you're looking for. Come join the Godless tribe today. Forever delightfully deviant. 
forever godless. Alright. Alright, alright, alright. Oh shit, Lucas, it's time. It is time <laughs> for the rapid fire four. Four questions, four answers, zero time to think ahead. We'll need answers immediately. Are you ready? Are you I've ready? not thought about this ever prior to any of these conversations, no. <laughs> Never once. Because <laughs> we definitely, absolutely do not ask the same rapid fire four oh, questions to no. every single person absolutely who comes not. on this show. No. And you I'm special. Today's ever. my day. Fuck you guys. <laughs> day. Actually, you'll be the last one to get these rapid fire four because season Ooh. two, we're going to have all new questions. Yay! I'm special. You are special. Woo! All right. Number one. Is it mine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Mine. Which of the characters do you identify with the most and why? So, I mean, the answer is yes. Oh, okay. Knock it all Next off. one. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> well, for different characters for different reasons. I mean, I, at times, aside from the sister fucking, I feel about as useful as Clive mm -hmm. most days. I feel about that awkward. Um, my humor is more like Rudy and Tim E. Less, Rudy Ellen. Um, and that, that's basically where I would start with. I would say I'm that bumbling retard person craziness trying to go and do all the Florida man stuff. But deep down inside, I have that weird narcissistic comedy that I just think, Everything is funny. Everything mm -hmm. deserves to be laughed at. Yeah. I mean, because no matter how tragic something gets, if you don't laugh at it, you're crying. Yeah. I'd rather oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Christina and I can't anything. relate with that at all. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Zero percent content. Said, hey, it's why my favorite horror movies all have zippers. <laughs> I. I I can't watch horror movies, so. Isn't that But you funny? can if they have zippers. Christina can't I watch don't. horror movies. She reads some of the most horrific, disgusting, depraved shit ever put on paper. You... And yet you're like, I'm like, Christina, watch this movie with me. She's like, no. Have like, you ever seen Tucker Dale versus Zebra? Yes, it's one of my favorites. Oh, Tucker and Dale. Okay. okay. That, that's, that, that's to me, good... that's more of like a comedic mm -hmm. i can't like I'm, my husband is all mm -hmm. about horror he has like yeah and he's like um, hey do you want do you want to watch and i would relate I'm, I'm like i would rather get kicked in the vagina with a golf shoe <laughs> i would probably go through less pain and agony than that have you guys watched dead in breakfast not yet oh that's another really great horror comedy well like, and I'm uh the kind of the the um behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon mm -hmm. oh, oh you guys need to see that one too Those are well it's like i prefer the stuff over the blob like that's the kind of horror that i'll usually gravitate towards if i'm watching scary movies like i said the better the more cheese the better i will say anything lovecraftian i'm about okay oh. evil so the void what is that the evil 
Evil Darkness. Dead. Uh, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yeah. Evil Dead. Yeah. Evil, Evil Dead franchise. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. I looked at Michael and I said, this has no fucking plot, man. And he goes, no. it's not supposed to. And I said, I have never been so angry with you in my entire lifetime. Give me something. I mean, it's an overarching character arc. It is. It's all I'm about being yelled Ash. at by a five-year-old. It's about Ash. It's not about, uh, it's not about you, Christina. It's about Bruce fucking Campbell. It's about the chin. <laughs> and the boomstick. Chins and boomsticks. Oh, did y'all watch Willy's Wonderland? Not no. yet. Oh, it's on, it's then- literally on my TBR. Oh my God, that is on your list for this weekend. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I know. It's on Hulu. It's one of my it's, comfort it's the next movies. One. I literally will just watch it to fold laundry. Mm-hmm. Because it's ridiculous. It's Nick Cage killing murderous animatronics in an, an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese-ish restaurant. And he doesn't say a single word through the entire nope. movie. I love it. It's fucking mm-hmm. brilliant. <laughs> And then All he right. tried to trick me and he was like, mm-hmm. maybe you should watch Evil 2, Evil Dead 2. And he was like, there's more mm-hmm. of a plot. That motherfucker lied to me. Well, also you're going- I got halfway through it and I said, you can kiss my ass. I'm not listening to you anymore. Okay. Go ahead. He's just, yeah. Lucas, question number two. That was number two. Is there any other literary genre you want to try? Um, there's quite a few that I'm kind of working on, and there's quite a few that I'm planning on working on. Um, I have several ideas for a sci-fi, like hard sci-fi, um, dystopian future-esque. I've mm. got, Caden is kind of urban fantasy, because I've always wanted to do a little bit of fantasy. Caden hopefully should be coming out next year through DNT part of my becoming series so i would say fantasy and sci-fi but i do have plans to dive into those at some point the sci-fi i'm not ready yet because i'm not well read enough in sci-fi and sci-fi readers have some of the highest expectations period that's true that is true they most definitely do All right, Christina, hit him with number three. After I got yelled at by an eight and a five-year-old, Jesus Christ. What is your favorite? (laughs) I really did. What is your favorite story that you have written? Um, Well, the standard answer is what am I writing now? But I mean, if I say that. I mean, because it is. It's everything you're working on now has all your undivying love and attention Mm -hmm. because that's what's most important. If we focused on our best haves, then there is no tomorrow because we've already done it. At least that's how I look at it. That's a great perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's, I think the best thing I've written so far would probably be Timmy Less, only because it is the most complicated thing I have ever written. It is filled with a lot of my own personal traumas, stripes, and grievances. And it was a schlock getting it here. That one, so I would definitely say Timmy Less. Which also happens to be the first book I ever wrote. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So if you could co-author with anybody living or dead, who would it be? 
So I've thrown my hat out there to a couple people and I'm still waiting for responses. Um, now, if we're talking sheer fantasy world, Clive Barker, hands down. Um, oh my God, I can't even imagine. I know. No. I know. Oh. That would, I would, I would have the hardest dick the entire time. <laughs> I would be typing the entire book with my testicles. Just, <laughs> that, oh my God. Um, otherwise, uh, right now I'm trying to get the other Lucases in order. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Magnum and <gasps> Lucas Peterson. Mm-hmm. We all agreed that when we had time, all three of us are going to work on a book. That's so awesome. The Triumvirate. Yes, it's a book the about tr- dragons. The Trinity of <clears throat> Lucas. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we have the idea. We haven't outlined anything because it really falls on to Lucas Mangum because he's you know, works full time. He's got his family. Mm-hmm. He's got his writing projects. So once he settles down, um, the other Lucas and I, we're going to definitely work on that. That's, oh, that's awesome. That's going to happen. I just don't know when. Um, I mean, I've spitballed with a couple other people. I think Bob Ford would be a great person to write with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you've ever listened to any of his readings, just because I love the way the guy does such stark realism. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of realism. I do surrealism. So I would love to learn from him how to tone that down. Yeah. That's, to me, what you do in a collaboration is you should be learning from the other person. Right. As much mm-hmm. as writing your piece. Absolutely. Lucas, if people would like to reach out to you, number one, are you comfortable with that? And number two, if so, where would you direct them to do so? So I'm usually pretty cool. Um, I do have full-time life, so I do apologize if I'm not too quick to respond. Uh, typically, you can get a hold of me on Twitter. I'm very available on Twitter because I'm hardly on it. But whenever I see the messages pop up, I always respond. Uh, Bearded Optician on Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is my last name, first name, Milliron Lucas. And then Facebook, you can just search Lucas Milliron, and then I come up. Awesome. Uh, and... If you really want easy access to Lucas, he is part of our Mothers of Mayhem Facebook group. So you can always pop in there and tag him in a post. And I have a feeling he will come a running. That is also really the best place to stay in touch with us as we are now headed into summer hiatus. Here comes season two, y'all. We're taking a little breaky break. Um, Thank God. But also in the Facebook group, you can find the links to our merch store, the ultimate fan community reading soundtrack playlists that are on YouTube and Spotify, exclusive info, content. We have giveaway opportunities run both by us and by many members of our amazing fan family running all the time and so much more. Um So if you want to stay in close contact with your weird book mommies and the rest of the mom family cult, that is the place to be. Uh, You can find links to our various social media accounts in the show bio. But as always, you can always send your questions, comments, or insults to our email address, momextremepodcast at gmail.com. That's m.o.m dot extremepodcast at gmail.com. You know, the only person who ever emails us 
um, at that email is Mick Collins and it's pictures of Zach Baggins. God damn it. <laughs> Nobody else has taken the opportunity to use this yet other than people who are interested in being on the show. So y'all want to talk to us, you can hit us up there too. Do not forget to send dildos to Christina. Lucas is doing his part. He cannot do He's this doing God's work. He is mm-hmm. doing God's work. God's dildos. He needs the heat. Yeah. He is doing God's dildo work. But he could use the cavalry to come in and help he him could. out. So if you need uh, you need mailing address, contact info for Christina, so you can send those de- de- dildos. Yeah. The because why not send them to a military base? Yeah, sure. I mean, you just, you just get in touch with me or Lucas. I, mean, I, I actually, no, but oh. if it doesn't come from Amazon or a package that I know of, it goes straight into my trash. Oh my God. Shit, Grab the box I? and it starts vibrating. I've got, Sarah's is always opening up boxes. I don't need her taking that out. Ah. How very dare. Yeah, I know, you're right? Out on, All she would do is hit her brother with it. I have a feeling you're missing out on some big opportunities there, friend. As always, <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to say a huge thank you to singer-songwriter Amigo the Devil for allowing us to use his song Hungover in Jonestown as our theme. Um, and this is it. This is it. Thank you I'm- guys so much for season one. Oh my well, god. Awesome. On behalf of the fans, thank you, ladies, because y'all are fucking awesome. This season has been amazingly entertaining, amazingly educational, and I didn't know that I needed to know so much about butts, dicks, and weird sticky things from all you did not you know i i didn't know i needed it my children are literally looking like children of the corn right now like they are fucking hateful looking jesus christ i cannot thank god i cannot think of a better way to end season one that was just perfect oh you guys are it so until next time until september Go raise some hell, children. Make your weird book mommies proud. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. We will Bye, see friends. You. Don't forget Bye. us. Bye. 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 B